Welcome to another episode of the Buckets Mentality Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. Use code BucketCenter for $20 off your first purchase to games, concerts, etc. Today we're going to be doing another edition of my hierarchy for the top five players and teams. And we're going to start with the teams here. At number one, I got the Los Angeles Lakers for the third week in a row. They have the best defense in the NBA right now. AD's really been the catalyst on that side of the ball. He's my favorite clear cut for defensive player of the year. They do have the best duo in the NBA, which everyone knew before the season is still the case today. LeBron James is carrying a lot of that load on the offensive side of the ball. They've been really relying on him. He's leading the league in assists, distributing the ball, also taking over, scoring the basketball. They have great depth off the bench. The chemistry's at a whole time high. And Frank Vogel's doing a phenomenal job with this group. So the Lakers are firmly at my number one spot. They have the best record in the NBA. At number two, the Los Angeles Clippers, who are the four seed in the Western Conference, but they've been playing pretty well considering the fact that Kawhi Leonard, who's been load managing a good amount of the season and also now is suffering an injury where he's been in and out of the lineup. He doesn't look 100%, but they're still getting it done. Paul George has looked pretty good since he got back from injury. And he's only played a couple games as well. But these other guys are showing out for the Los Angeles Clippers. Guys like Lou Williams, Pat Bev, Montrezl Harrell. A lot of the reason why people had the Clippers as a preseason favorite to win the NBA championship. And why I still think that should probably be the case. Because those guys, those others, are so important when you talk about a championship team. It isn't just duo versus duo. Which the Lakers clearly have the edge and the Clippers over the duo. And you could say LeBron James is probably a better basketball player than Kawhi Leonard. Although Kawhi Leonard did what he did in the NBA Finals and the NBA playoffs last year and LeBron missed the playoffs whatever you can go back and forth debating LeBron James or Kawhi Leonard but to me the series between the Lakers and the Clippers comes down to those other guys it comes down to Kyle Kuzma comes down to Dwight Howard some of these other pieces Avery Bradley and the Clippers have Pat Bev Clippers have Montrose Harrell they have Lou Williams they have Landry Shaman when he gets back and healthy that's another guy that can shoot the three and defend pretty well and also coaching and the Clippers are going to have the best coach out of all these contending teams when it comes down to it. The Spurs aren't really championship contenders. The Dallas Mavericks aren't really championship contenders. And then Eric Spolstra and the Heat. I mean, the Bucks. You can go down the line. Look at these other coaches. Even in the Western Conference, guys like Mike Malone, Mike D'Antoni, uh, Quinn Snyder. Frank Vogel, none of these coaches are on the level of Doc Rivers. The way he's able to galvanize those troops, that's going to be another big advantage for the Los Angeles Clippers. I have them in my number two spot just because they haven't been playing the level of basketball the Los Angeles Lakers have been playing. They haven't been healthy. They've also been going through a lot of a lot of injuries and a lot of load managing, a lot of variety of factors going around for the Clippers. But the fact that they're still the four seed in the Western Conference and the fact that when they do need to step up, like they beat the Lakers on opening night, like they beat the Celtics in a close overtime battle when Kawhi and Paul George really weren't on their A game, they're showing me that they deserve to be up there. And they're still, to me, the favorites to win the NBA championship. At number three, I got the Milwaukee Bucks who have the reigning league MVP, who is right now the favorite to go back to back for MVP. Although we're super early into the season, the Bucks are still rebounding and defending at an extremely high level, get led by Giannis Antetokounmpo. They lead the league in rebounds. Their defense has been one of the tops in the league. Bledsoe stepping up as a temporary number two option with Chris Middleton out. Again, I don't know how consistent Eric Bledsoe is going to be in the playoffs in those big time moments, but right now he's doing a really good job and taking advantage of opportunity that he has. Now that Middleton's out, I still feel like this team is very Giannis reliant, but we'll see once Middleton gets back in the picture. We'll see how these other complimentary parts really worked their way out. Giannis is hooping, balling out of his mind, and the Bucks to me at number three. They weren't on my hierarchy last week, 
And now they're the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, and they're back up there at the number three spot atop the best team in the East right now. And they're really the only team I can trust in the East. I have a lot of question marks, but I think I can trust them the most because Giannis is just such a valuable player, and no one in the Eastern Conference player-wise is even close to him. So I'm going to have the Bucks at number three. At number four, I got the Boston Celtics, and the way they're balling with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown really stepping up and taking another step. Kemba Walker's fitting in and closing the deal. Uh, their chemistry has been really great. They have the fewest amount of turnovers in the league. They're moving the ball pretty well. Their defense has been great, a lot better than we expected. And Brad Stevens is doing a hell of a job with the troops. They dropped to the two seed in the Eastern Conference, but still a super hot start. And they're looking really, really good. I am interested to see how the more and more minutes and his canter plays, how that affects the team. Because right now they've been running Daniel Tice a lot at the five. And they've been having other guys like Robert Williams come in. And really, yeah, they've been doing a good job protecting the rim, which was really a big concern for the Celtics. And when they're switching canter on pick and rolls, things like that, we'll see as the season goes on if they're able to keep that defensive intensity because that's really going to be key for them. And then offensively, how long will Jalen Brown be able to sustain the level of production he's putting up? Will Jason Tatum regress or will he continue to take the next step? Will he continue to be even better? How will the dynamic be when Gordon Hayward gets back into the lineup? He's been out for a couple games. Once they bring him back, how is Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown going to be affected? So those are all the questions I really have with this team. And then closing the games, are you going to Tatum like he had with the smother contested shot in overtime and the shot to take them to overtime against the Clippers? Or are you going with Kemba Walker, who to me is the better option as a closer, as a scorer, as the best player on this team? So there are a good amount of questions with the Boston Celtics, but they've gotten out to a super hot start and they do deserve a top five spot in my hierarchy at the moment. I'll put them at number four, and right now they're playing like the second best team or even arguably at times the best team in the Eastern Conference at this moment. And then at number five, to round out the top five, I got the Houston Rockets and James Harden. We already know what this man does, averaging damn near 40 points a game. Russell Westbrook's been struggling with his efficiency and trying to find his own as James Harden's still dominating the basketball. Westbrook's doing his thing, though, putting up decent all-around numbers. Clint Capella's absolutely dominating on the glass, having several 20-rebound games. He's near the tops in the league in rebounds per game. I just don't see this style of play working with the Houston Rockets in the NBA playoffs. We've seen this story before. It's kind of like James Harden does his thing with the ISO, pick-and-roll dribbling, try to draw a lot of fouls. Gets a lot of points. It works in the regular season a good amount. They win a good amount of basketball games. And in the playoffs, Harden's not going to be able to carry that kind of load over the course of a seven-game series. He's going to have nights where he's inefficient. He's going to have nights where he doesn't get the amount of free throws that he needs to get in order to impact the game and help his team win. And then teams are going to be able to key in on Harden and just say, well, you can do whatever you want, but we're going to stop everyone else. And the Rockets are really not going to have a counter for that. Yes, they've had a lot of injuries, I will say. And once they get healthy, they'll be an even better team. But they don't really have the wing depth that you need. They don't really have the defense that you need. There's a lot of concerns I have with the Houston Rockets. But with their pure star power alone, having two former MVPs and one guy that's still in the MVP conversation, I'm going to put the Rockets still in my top five. They've been balling. They're near the top of the Western Conference standings. Now let's get into the players. And at number one, it's Giannis Antetokounmpo. I know there's a debate out there between LeBron, Harden, some of these other guys we'll get into later. But Giannis, to me, has the best stats. 30 points a game, 14 rebounds, 7 assists on 60 effective field goal percentage. And he has the winning. He has the team success, the impact on team success. The Bucks are the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. He doesn't have a co-star with Chris Middleton being out of the lineup. 
He's regressed as a free throw shooter, but in other aspects of the game, he's getting even better. And he's been getting better each and every season. He did win the MVP last year, and he's looking like the MVP favorite again this year. I got him at number one. At number two, LeBron James. And LeBron James is the best basketball player on the best team in the league. Okay, the Lakers have the number one record in the entire league, even better than the Milwaukee Bucks. He's leading the league in assists. He's more committed on the defensive side of the ball, and he's carrying a lot of the load offensively. He's putting up big-time numbers and really standing out next to another superstar, Anthony Davis. One thing that's really going to hurt LeBron's case for MVP is the fact that he does have Anthony Davis alongside him, another superstar, another guy that's going to make this top-five hierarchy himself. But the fact that LeBron James is standing out and even though his numbers are not going to be as big as some of these other guys, he's still standing out as the clear number one, the clear alpha, the clear MVP of this team. And the team has the best record in the NBA. So I'm going to put LeBron James at number two. At number three, James Harden. This dude averaging 38 points a game as we touched uh, as we touched on before. Excuse me. They got the three seed in the Western Conference. He is leading the league in turnovers, though. Okay, and he's still leading the league in usage rate, doing a lot of dribble, 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 shooting a lot of free throws, leads the league in free throw attempts. So it's just basically the same old James Harden. And we know on the back of our minds, as impressive as we may think it is in the regular season, even though he's efficient on some nights, inefficient on others, just the inconsistency. But we know what we're going to get from James Harden's play style on a night in, night out basis. And we know when it matters most. We're not going to get it. And maybe the narrative will change this year. Maybe he'll show up in the playoffs and put up – he'll always put up his big-time numbers. I see Harden fans, Rocket fans talking about, oh, he averaged 35 against the Golden State Warriors. But where were those 35 points coming? How efficient was he in putting up those 35 points again? Okay, and how was it when Kevin Durant got injured – and when it was him versus Steph Curry in critical moments of the game, Steph Curry just outperformed him. And that's what it really came down to. The Rockets had a chance to capitalize when Kevin Durant went down, and they just weren't able to do it. James Harden's style of play wasn't able to do it. People talk about, oh, he had Chris Paul out in 2018. And then that Rockets team, led by James Harden, missed 27 straight threes. They had big-time leads in both of those games. They had a chance to close it out, but James Harden and his style of play just wasn't able to do it. So, yes, the numbers that he puts up are video game-like. It's literally like a guy grinding badges in NBA 2K. Okay, that's the way James Harden plays. He's going to get his numbers all across the board. He's going to impress. He's going to do his thing. But I don't know if this style of play is going to work when it really matters. And even if we're just talking about the regular season, Giannis's team is winning more basketball games. LeBron's team is winning more basketball games. Giannis, to me, is putting up the more impressive numbers when we talk about the efficiency. He's not putting up 38, but he's getting more rebounds. He's getting near the same amount of assists, and he's more efficient in doing so. And he plays defense at an elite level. LeBron James's defense has been at a higher level than James Harden's this year. LeBron James is a better playmaker and passer than James Harden is. He's not as good of a scorer this year at this point in his career, but he's putting up less points a game, a lot less, but basically on the same efficiency. And he's not able to take as many shots as James Harden is because he has another superstar, Anthony Davis, on his team. So we look at it from that perspective, the basketball IQ and the fact that we've seen the LeBron James style of play work in the postseason. I'm going to definitely take LeBron James in his season over James Harden's. And then number four, a guy that's really controversial at this point in time, Luka Doncic, who's in his second year in the league, and he's already getting all this hype, all this praise, and deservingly so. It doesn't matter if he's in the conversation to be the youngest MVP. Like That stuff is all nice and icing on the cake, but given whatever age Luka Doncic was, the numbers and the things he's doing is 
nothing short of sensational. The man's putting up 30 points a game, 11 rebounds, nine assists, and he's doing it efficiently. That's a near triple-double average. The Dallas Mavericks are a five seed with the inconsistent, overrated Christos Porzingis. I've been saying it for a long time. The man is seven foot three, and he can't crack double-digit rebounds on a consistent basis. He's inefficient from the field. A lot of times he's getting turned into a spot-up shooter because he's not taking advantage of mismatches in the paint. He's really inconsistent, and he's just not as good as a lot of people thought he was. The third best player on the Dallas Mavericks is probably Seth Curry. Not Steph Curry, Seth Curry, a dude that bounced around early in his career in the G League and things like that. He's a very good player, very good shooter, but he's your third best player. That should tell you that this Dallas Mavericks squad isn't just loaded with talent, and Luka Doncic is the main and only reason they're right in the middle of the playoff picture right now. So far, I know we're super early on in the season, but Luka Doncic's season has been more impressive than what Russell Westbrook did in his MVP season, and he's more skilled and talented as a basketball player than Russell Westbrook was back then. That's just a comparison of a dude that averaged a triple-double, and I'm saying just because Luka Doncic averages one less assist does not make it less impressive. He's putting up monster numbers and he's having monster impact and it's not there's no questions about Luka Doncic's stat padding he does it through the flow of the game he does it with skill he does it with IQ and he does it efficiently I love what Luka Doncic is doing this year for the Dallas Mavericks and he's at my number four and at number five we got Anthony Davis who is the clear leader for defensive player of the year he is leading the league in blocks He's still giving you 25 and nine and the Los Angeles Lakers are the best team in the league. The reason he's not higher is because all these guys are putting up better numbers than him, having more impact than him. And he's the second best player on his own basketball team, which is really going to hurt him in the case for the MVP. But he's at my number five spot. I think he's playing better than the rest of the field and he's winning and he's impacting winning on both sides of the ball. So my players, I got Giannis at number one. I got LeBron at number two. I got James Harden at number three. I got Luka Doncic at number four. And I got Anthony Davis at number five. For the teams, the Lakers are still at my number one. The Clippers are still at my number two. The Milwaukee Bucks are at my number three. The Boston Celtics are still at my number four. And at number five, I have the Houston Rockets. And last thing I wanted to talk about before I end this episode is Luka Doncic and what he needs to do to be considered a superstar. This has been a big debate on my page, whatnot. Where does Luka Doncic rank? I literally just gave you my player hierarchy. If we're talking about right now, this early in the season, Luka Doncic is number four in the league. He's playing at a superstar level. He's a superstar type talent. But to me, he needs to make the playoffs to submit his superstar status, okay? 16 out of 30 NBA teams make the playoffs. That's over 50%, half the league, over half the league makes the playoffs, okay? So you have to lead your team to the playoffs at bare minimum to be considered among the elite of the elite, to be a superstar, okay? Right now, Luka Doncic is on that pace. The Mavericks are the five seed in the Western Conference. And the second he clinches the playoffs, Based on his talent and skill and the production that he's at right now, I'm ready to put him over guys like Damian Lillard, Russell Westbrook, Kyrie Irving, Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid. I'm ready to put him over so many of these superstars in our game because that's just the level and impact that I'm seeing from him already in his second year. And I was super high on the Luka Doncic train uh, really early but he's doing it so fast. No one could have even expected him to be in the superstar conversation, in the MVP conversation in just the second season in the league. So the stuff he's doing is crazy, but I'm a hold off until he clenches the NBA playoffs and, and he makes it among those 16 out of 30 teams because really, to be truthfully honest, if your current value is a superstar, 
you should be able to lead your team to the playoffs at least once. I'm not even saying you need to do it every single season, but at least once. I'm not even saying he even has to ball out in the playoffs or win a round in the playoffs. Russell Westbrook has never won a round in the playoffs as the number one guy, as the main option. So I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying, Luca, can you go to the playoffs so we can see you play meaningful basketball? And I could probably even put you higher than I think I can put you right now. Like, that's where the superstars become megastars and become all-time greats, okay? And he's never made the playoffs, and people are wanting to crown him superstar. And if I don't crown him a superstar, I'm a hater or whatnot. No, Luka Doncic is phenomenal. He's a top-five player in the league right now to me. But in order for me to officially give him that superstar status, I want to see him play playoff games. I want to see him clinch the playoffs and lead his team to the playoffs because if the Mavericks miss the playoffs, if teams like the Pelicans, if teams like the Phoenix Suns or the Minnesota Timberwolves or even the Blazers and Spurs beat him out for the playoffs, how valuable is Luka Doncic really? You're telling me he's still going to put up 30, 11, and 9, a near-efficient triple-double and have the kind of impact and skill that he has right now and he's going to miss the playoffs? Okay, like if Christos Porzingis and the whole damn roster gets hurt, I mean, then maybe we have a conversation, but looking at the squad he has right now and the way Luka Doncic is balling, there's no question they should make the playoffs. And if he doesn't make the playoffs, that's an embarrassment. If he's healthy and they don't make the playoffs, that's just an embarrassment. And he's not at that superstar level yet. He still could be, let's say there's 13 superstars to me in the NBA right now with Russell Westbrook being the worst. I will put him at like number 14. If he's still putting up the same kind of numbers and same kind of impact, but they don't make the playoffs, but making the playoffs, leading your team to the playoffs, that's just a bare minimum that every other superstar in the NBA has done. So in order for him to be considered in that group in terms of all time, or not even all time, just like right now in the league, uh, I, I need him to make the playoffs. Okay. But if we're talking about as of today, like if we want to be super, recency bias whatever you want to call it he's a top five basketball player right now a couple weeks into the season um but but that's just my big distinction between the superstar talent that is Luka Doncic and the superstar established potentially megastar level player that he can be and once he makes the playoffs and if he balls out in the playoffs he can submit his legacy even more in just the second season in the league which is crazy to think about this dude's an all-timer uh I'm a big fan of what he does uh, and, and that's really all I have to say about Luka Doncic. He's just, he's an exceptional talent. And I'm not hating when I say I want to see the man make the damn playoffs. There's a lot of guys, Devin Booker strikes out as one guy, like a lot of guys that put up big time numbers and have a lot of skill, but their value, like, okay, maybe their team isn't the best, but you're not even close to making the playoffs. You're the bottom of the league every single damn season. So how seriously am I supposed to take your numbers? and your impact, and your value. Are you on that superstar level? I can't put you there when you're not playing in meaningful basketball games. Now, Luka Doncic is about to play in meaningful basketball games this season. He's going to make the playoffs, and they're right in the middle of the thick of things in the NBA playoff picture right now. So yes, he's on the track to be a superstar. I call him a rising superstar, and right now, to me, he's a top five basketball player on the planet. That's what I think about Luka. That's my top five teams and players. I'm out for now, y'all. Peace.